morning. Welcome to the Money and Faith podcast. Thank you very much for joining us here on this rainy Monday morning in Pittsburgh. My name is Nathaniel Nolf, joined as always by my father, Rich. Yeah, we're coming out of that Thanksgiving holiday, and I am still sluggish from overeating, as I do every year. And this year, I really told myself I wasn't going to do that. Why? I don't why know would why. you tell yourself you're not going to eat? <laughs> I thought what? I was pacing myself. That's <laughs> it. Didn't work you have out. High though. hopes. Yeah, that. really. Oh well. Yeah, I was I was slugging the entire weekend. It seemed like it after the holidays. It was I was. I was tired. I did not want to get off the couch, right. and that's pretty much what I did the entire weekend. <laughs> I actually got inspired. You know, probably once every six months, I get a cleaning burst in me, and I tore apart my home office and actually just – I had paperwork that should have been thrown away 10 years ago, and finally I'm getting at it and getting it cleaned up. You're doing some spring cleaning about six months later. Exactly. That's great. Exactly. Well, thank you very much for joining us Uh we appreciate you listening. If this is your first time listening, uh, go back and listen to some other episodes. This is uh, just two guys talking about uh, different things that relate to both money and in the financial world and faith, hence the name of the podcast. So what do you want to talk about today? Well, you know what? When I am in the Bible and I've come back to Psalm number 34, and, and there's a lot of promises in there. And I thought we haven't really hit on the whole subject of the Bible and the promises of the Bible. So maybe I'll start out, Nathaniel, and when you look at the Bible, okay, it's a book, but what is special about this book? Uh, Inherent Word of God. Yeah. That's a big one. Uh, Maybe prophecy of things to come. That's a good point, Promises. Uh, You know, prophecy is another, I guess, word for that, but I I would say... uh, projection of things that will happen in the future yeah yeah that's exactly right yeah we've got prophetic uh parts of the bible we have um instructions for our daily lives we have a book that claims authority in that it is the inerrant word of god and that by coming to it on a regular basis there's something about it now john wesley said back in um, the development of his ministry, that this word of God is a means of grace and that it's a vehicle that God uses to pour out that grace into our lives. Mm -hmm. And for me, I know when I read it, I'm always looking at the idea of getting my mind renewed, as Paul talks about, just getting it off of some of the things that are clouding or causing confusion in my own mind trying to get renewed and get back to it. So I thought we'd look at Psalm 34, and based on this is God's Word, inerrant Word of God, what about promises? And what are they uh, doing in the Bible, and what do they do for us today? So I'm looking at one here. uh, In verse number 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Um, when we look at that, now we could talk about angels as I think we may have done or we will at some future point, but when we think about getting into trouble uh, in our lives, and, and most of the time it's probably not even our own fault, but what is a typical reaction for you when you see, uh-oh, I've got a problem here? Uh, I think the knee-jerk reaction, I think the more human reaction is to get a little anxious, to get a little mm-hmm. fearful, to get... Um, 
you know, whenever, I know whenever I'm anxious or fearful about things, my head kind of clouds up. I don't end up making great decisions. I think that's, I think that's a human reaction. Yeah, I agree with that, that we immediately go to scenarios of this is going to be uh, absolute destruction or right. it's going to turn out horrible. We always go to the worst case scenario right. for us. And when we look and say, okay, here's a promise. Now, I think one thing about fear of the Lord, and we've, we've looked at this a little bit too, <clears throat> where it, it's a understanding of, of who God is, who is all-powerful. Everything belongs to the Lord, and we have no way of ever stopping anything he desires to do. And, and yet, so we live constantly under his absolute authority, and to recognize that is the fear of the Lord, that he could do whatever he wants at any time to you or I. And for him, it is holy. There is no issue of God ever sinning or making a mistake. What he does, he does. And so when we look at a passage like this, okay, if I fear the Lord, then I want to accept this promise. He will rescue me. So if I've got issues going on, and all of a sudden I'm going down a path where, uh-oh, this is going to be real problems uh, for me, then I want to count on this promise that the Lord's going to rescue me out of that. Right, yeah, that, and it's you can look to Scripture for that fulfillment. You can, um, and uh, I think even in that, I think that calms a lot of anxiety, that calms a lot of fear to to believers. Well, the next one here, though, okay, building on that same theme okay if we fear the lord so we're bowing before him on a daily basis we're, we're calling upon him and, and then in verse 9 it says for to those who fear him there is no want meaning that we won't be in need or not receive what we need now how is that though what what are we talking about here i mean if i say i want a, a new mercedes benz like janice joplin uh, saying many years ago, <laughs> right? I, I, well, I think it's contentment. I think um, to those who fear Him, there is no want for extravagant things, but rather being content in your uh, your lot. I think that's is that what it's saying. That's how I read it. Yeah, and I think that's easy to do. That we or we say, okay, well, it's okay. The Lord's going to be there to provide. Uh, some basics, but don't expect a whole lot. But then we go to the next one. But they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Wow. Okay, so we stepped it up from just not being in want to not being in want of any good thing. So in in our world today, what do we label as, as good things? Well, health, uh, shelter, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, food on the table. I think those are you know, a reasonable degree of financial prosperity. I think those are things you'd you'd label good things. So then you read in in this passage, well, uh, want no good thing. You know, I don't even really know where to go with that. Yeah, because when we look at it and think, okay, a good thing. I mean, is that open to my own subjective nature where I'm going to label what it what it is that's good? Right. And could that be, I want uh, a bigger bank account. Right. You know, I want a nice retirement plan. 
Um, I do want the latest in cars and in a bigger property. Does that mean that by fearing the Lord and seeking after the Lord, these are the kind of things I'm going to receive? Right. Uh, I I would say no. Okay. I, I would say, um, uh, here here's my interpretation: is that the Lord makes promises of the basics, shelter, food, um, and uh, being able. To, I like guess clothing. that's it. Yeah. Sure, things like that, but. Is there a promise for extravagant things, or is, is there a promise for uh, overwhelming prosperity? I don't know the answer to that, and I would say no to that. Right. Yeah, where, what is wealth? And what's amazing in our field is that we meet people all the time, and we can meet people that when you first approach their house, it looks like, wow. He's probably, these people don't have two nickels to rub together. Sure. And then when you get on the inside, you find out, hey, they've been great savers for decades and they're doing incredibly well. And then you go to the next house and it looks very opulent. Sure. But then you find out, boy, uh, one false move and this family's going into bankruptcy. Yeah. It, it's so, uh, wealth is relevant. You know, we see in the Bible over and over again that it's fleeting. It comes, it goes. Right. But it's having uh, the resources we need in order, one, to take care of ourselves and our families. Uh, But being that vehicle, you know, can I be the vehicle that God could use to help others? You know, when your budget's real tight and I can barely, you know, get from paycheck to paycheck, it's really challenging to do anything to help anybody else. But if I'm faithful to the Lord, knowing that I don't really need to have uh, this massive amount because the Lord will provide what I need, can I be a better conduit of the Lord for resources and that I can help more people? That's interesting. That kind of takes these two ideas and combines them. I said contentment, where we're content with what we have. We don't need a lot of things. We're we're not selfish, we're not greedy, we, we accept what we have, but also using that time, using that energy to uh, help, you know, help other people. Is that sort of what you're saying? Right. I, I look in, you know, Jesus talks about, okay, we're always going to have the poor with us. And when do we take those opportunities to reach out and help others? And so if I'm living paycheck to paycheck, that's going to be a real struggle for me. Sure. You know, occasionally maybe I could help out with a couple dollars here or there. And if I have resources that take care of my needs and I have a surplus, then I could step out and do more. Right. You know, we've talked about tithing and the need to take whatever gross amount we have coming in, take that 10% right from the top of it and give it right back to the Lord. Then giving. Giving goes beyond tithing. And so can I help out ministries that I appreciate? Uh, I, I love listening to podcasts, and there's a number of them that I listen to pretty faithfully that are really feeding me spiritually. Well, if they're feeding me spiritually, why shouldn't I help them? And what do they need? They need some monetary help to be able to be on the air or to be able to uh, do the type of editing and, and work on their podcast. Right. And so to be able to do that each month, I, I think that's the type of conduit I want to be so that as I'm being blessed, I can turn around and help bless others. Right. And that's that's almost the reason we're doing this, right? I mean, this is 
this is a, a way of blessing others through a medium that we really enjoy through podcast medium. And hopefully people find a lot of value in this, um, using our time, using our resources on a Monday morning to hopefully help, you know, further people's goodwill and things like that. Yeah, and that's it. And then, you know, looking here again at Psalm 34, it says, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. And then, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So, there again, we have two issues where trouble comes. And we can look at it financially where all of a sudden a number of things break at the same time. Right. You know, last year we had issues with the air conditioning, the furnace, the roof. And so a lot of things hit us at once. Now, I could have said, wow, I don't know if I can actually do that because in a worldly sense I don't see how the resources come back to us. But if I say, okay, I've got troubles. And I'm going to count on the promises of the Lord. I'm going to count on what I'm reading right here today, that the Lord's going to deliver me out of these troubles. Now, do I have to see the blueprint? No, I don't. I don't need to see exactly how the Lord's going to do it. I'll just trust him. You know, trust that he has the best plan in order to get us there. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's the whole, it almost seems like the whole genesis of faith Mm -hmm. where, you know, we don't have scientific evidence to prove what's in the Bible, but we trust on it in faith. We trust on it with the belief that things are to come uh, that we can't see in the future. You know, we don't have the blueprint laid out um, for every single thing that's going to happen in our lives, but we trust and we have faith that things are going to be okay. In the same breath, we have the same faith that you know, our fate throughout eternity is going to be secure. Well, and even like we were looking at uh, the story of David before he became king for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, and you know that if Saul is pursuing him and he's holed up in some type of cave, that it might be his last day. What if Saul's group finds him and uh, they overwhelm them? So David had those fears, uh, but... Were we were, were David and his men able to trust that the Lord was going to get him out of that? And he did. And I think that's for you and I. Okay. If I can look back and say the Lord has been keeping his promises, then can I count on him for the next one? Right. That's the problem. Right. Because the next one's coming. Right. I hope it's not for 10 years, but it could be in 10 minutes. Right. Is But isn't that funny? I mean, we... We as humans are so, we're so apt to that. We are so, we forget the past so easily and let ourselves fall into the same mistakes and the same kind of mindset where it's, well, we learned this lesson 10 years ago or 15 years ago or or 10 minutes ago. It's why did we not take what we've learned and apply it to the next situation in terms of faith? It's a very, it's an interesting question, one that I don't have an answer to. Yeah, and I think, you know, you keep coming back uh, to the word faith. Faith is is hoping for what I cannot see and trusting that I have right. it. Yeah, and so if I am going to stand on these promises, then I'm going to talk to the Lord about that. I'm going to say, Lord, uh, I'm putting my faith in you. I have that healthy fear of you. And so here comes a problem, and you've promised that you deliver me out of all of these issues. 
And so just to hang on to that, it's, it's going to be rough. Boy, nobody likes to go through it. I know I don't. And you're, you're correct again about naturally fear could rise, anxiety, and always grasp me, okay, we need the solution. What's the answer? What's the step-by-step process to get us out of this? Where handing it over to the Lord gives up that control, gives up the need to know, okay, here comes step one, and when that's finished, okay, I can see where the next one is. We got to give up on all of that. Right. Do you think that's a do you think that's a recent human development where people need the answers to everything? Do you think a thousand years ago was that way? It almost seems like things like that where we didn't have access to technology, a lot of people weren't as, you know, to be honest, even as literate as people are today, as educated as people are today, where people have step-by-step instructions for everything, it's just the way that they grew up. Uh, do you think it's harder today than it was in biblical times for people to have faith, to people to have a trustworthiness in something they couldn't necessarily see? You know, looking back over the course of history, I, I think that whole journey of the human being is very typical, that what you and I feel and sense, same thing that was happening a thousand or two thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Sure, we have technology, and is it good for us? Well, some say yes, and some would say no. Sure. There's a bunch of stuff out there that might be hurting us. Sure. But I think the human emotion of anxiety is the same now or was 5,000 years ago. It's, it's a, as I saw a definition recently, it's an abnormal focus on the future. That's what anxiety mm. is. And depression yeah. is an abnormal focus on the past. And I thought those both made a lot of sense. <clears throat> so I can't do anything about the past. Okay, I have to leave that go. But where's my faith going to be? It's that that future Though it's not going to be smooth, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and some real challenging moments. I'm going to stand on this word because this word's been around for 2,000 years. They're not just for you and I here in America. This has been here for every person on the planet that has desired it since right. it was first written. Yeah, you know, it's a, I heard something similar this week that said anxiety is unnecessary fear about things that are not guaranteed to happen oh that's good and that's a that's an interesting thing i mean you know i I think at the time i've times i've gotten anxious about things in the past and it's you you know 90 percent of those things did not play out the way that my mind said that they were going to and that's but again it goes back to i i'm in that boat where i i look back at past experiences and sometimes don't learn from them for future endeavors and it's you know we, we as humans, we need to get better at that. I know me personally. Yeah, I agree with that. And I've really tried to do that. I've really tried to stop playing out scenarios in my mind, like encounters with an individual, and they're going to say this, and i got to be prepared to say that. They're going back and forth. And you're right. Generally, those things actually rarely unfold the way it's going on in our minds. Right. And so can I just stand back and say, Uh, the Lord has worked it out for millions upon millions of people for a incredibly long time. Is he going to work it out for me? Right. And that's the key. Yeah, exactly right. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on the money and faith podcast this Monday morning. If you like us, you want to hear more about us, uh, 
visit our website, safetyfirstretirement.com. That's safety1stretirement.com. You will be in, do you have seminars this week? Yeah, I'm going to be at Hofstadt's on Wednesday and Thursday this week in Oakmont. That's in Oakmont, Pennsylvania. So if you're around that area, check us out. If you want to sign up, give us a call, uh, 412-772-8575. We have a lot of great stuff to talk to you about in person, too, so make sure you do that. And we will look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week. Thank you.